Lekutu Sichis Chelek Yudches, Shlach Aleph, Bekitzer. In the beginning of the Parsha, on the word Shlach Lecha Anoshim, Rashi says, Why is the Parsha of the Meraglim juxtaposed to the Parsha of Miriam, where Miriam was quarantined for speaking Lashon Hara? What is the juxtaposition between these two Parshias? Because since Miriam was punished for speaking, because she had spoken about her brother Moshe Rabbeinu, and these Rishayim, these wicked people, saw this and did not take a lesson. So we have to understand, generally speaking, Rashi doesn't address juxtapositions unless they raise a question in traditional Mikra. So according to Rashi, according to the Rebbe, these events, the event of the Miriam, finished on Chav Chesivan. And the story of the Miraglim was on Chav Tesivan, the next day. So it only makes sense that they should be one after the other. Why is there even a question of Lama Nismecha? And then in the wording of Rashi. Number one, why does Rashi use the words Iske Diba on the manner of speaking and not say Lashon Hara, which means evil speech? Number two, why does Rashi say Shadibra Ba'achia, she spoke about her brother? Why is it relevant who she spoke about? Seemingly the point is that she spoke negatively and then the Miraglim spoke negatively. Why is the brother important? Number three, why does Rashi use the words Urushayim Halolo, these Urushayim? He could have just said they. We're talking about the Miraglim. We know who we're talking about. Number four, why does Rashi use the expression they saw and didn't take a lesson? Elsewhere in Chumash we, we find an expression they saw the lesson and they didn't keep it. They didn't observe it. So why does Rashi use this word, taking a lesson? Um, of course, in English, it fits in very nicely, but in, in, in the lesson of Torah, it, Rashi should have used, seemingly, an expression that is found in other places in Torah. And finally, why does Rashi include the, include the words, Lecha Anoshim, in the Dibar HaMaschil? So the first thing we have to understand is why, is Ra- why, in, Rashi, why in general is Rashi even addressing this? And to explain that, we ask a question that we need to understand what was the gravity of the sin of the Miraglim. The Miraglim came and were, were sent to discover what is the situation in Eretz Yisrael. They came back and they told the truth. Even the, even the conclusion that they came to, this was part of their job. And even the fact that they said that Hashem, that they're stronger than Hashem, this was a manner of speaking to say that even with a miracle we can't imagine how we would win. So Rashi is bothered by what is so grave about the sin of the Miraglim. And that's the question he wants to answer with this pirush of Lama Nismecha, of discussing the juxtaposition of Miriam and the Miraglim. And as we will see, Rashi is going to explain that the fact that they're next to each other means that the Miraglim should have learned from Miriam. And the fact that they didn't, that is the gravity of their sin. Now, to explain this, a little bit deeper. The reason why Rashi asks the question, Lama Nismecha, not why Rashi discusses this whole idea, but why is he bothered by this juxtaposition if the two events happen so close to each other, is because in other places we find that when there's two negative events, the Torah places something positive in between the two to separate them. And over here, Rashi is bothered that we should have done the same thing. We should have separated these two parashiyas because by not doing so, we give off the impression that Miriam and the Miraglim are on the same level. And this is why, why Rashi in the Dibur HaMaschil uses the word Shlach Lecha Anoshim, Anoshim meaning important people, good people, to say that one might think that the Miraglim were very good people and Miriam is on the same level. And because of that, 
which is a mistake because Miriam was on a very high level and the Miraglim were not. Why do the why are these two parishes juxtaposed, giving off the impression that they are the same on the same level? And it is for this reason Rashi explains. It's because of the fact that Miriam spoke, got punished for speaking, and these uh, Rishoyim did not take the message, did not take the lesson, meaning to say the, re- the reason the Torah puts the two together is to explain to us the gravity of their sin. That they should have learned the lesson and they didn't. And this is why Rashi uses the words Lakhu Musar, taking a lesson, because the lesson was there for the taking. It was easy, it wasn't something that you had to go deeply into to discover. And this is also why Rashi says to Shaim Halalu, because even though he's about to explain to us the similarities in the events, he wants to clarify from the get-go that the people were not to be compared. The events were similar, and the Miraglim should have learned from Miriam. But that doesn't mean to compare Miriam and the Miraglim as people. Miriam was very holy and lofty, while the Miraglim were Rishayim. Now, what are the similarities between Miriam and the Miraglim? So there's two points to be made. The first point will be introduced with the question, why was Miriam's sin so terrible? Miriam spoke the truth. Miriam wondered why Moshe Rabbeinu would separate from his wife. She said, Hashem spoke to us as well. So Rashi explains, and that's why he doesn't use the word Lashon Hara, he uses the words Iskediba. The problem of Miriam wasn't the fact that she said the truth or that she brought it up. It's the way it was brought up. The, the elaborate speech, the, the stirring of the pot, so to speak. The Iskediba, the, the, the involvement of speech. That was the problem of Miriam. That rather than going to Moshe quietly and discussing it with him, she went to discuss it with others and at length. And this is something, this is compared to the Miraglim. The Miraglim also came and said the truth. But they elaborated about it. They stirred the pot. They brought the Yidden to a point that they were afraid to go into Eretz Yisrael. Another point to be made is by asking, how did Miriam stoop? To, 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 to this level, to speak about Moshe Rabbeinu in this way. What brought her to this? And the answer to that is that she said to herself, Hashem spoke to us too, to, Moshe, to Miriam and to Aaron. We're also on a lofty level. We may not be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, but we're also great people. So why does Moshe think he's so great, so much greater than us, that, uh, uh, that he can do such a thing like separating from his wife? And this is why Rashi uses the word Shadibra Be'achiha. It was her brother. It's very hard to uh, look at your brother and think, oh, he's so much greater than me. But the Miraglim should have seen that because the Miraglim made the same mistake. They said to themselves, we were sent by Hashem. We were chosen we were by Moshe according to Hashem. We are on such a high level. If we think this way, everyone has to think this way as well. We have to apply our conclusion to everyone. What they should have done is learn from Miriam, who even though it was her brother, she was still punished for not recognizing Moshe's greatness. They should have done the same thing. So these are the two points. Point number one is that they spoke too much. And point number two is that they underestimated the level of everyone else around them, thinking they were very great. And one more point to be made is that Rashi uses the word ra'u. They saw this. Why does Rashi add the word ra'u? Because what was introduced to them. What did they discover by going into Eretz Yisrael? They knew before they went into Eretz Yisrael that people were strong. But when they went into Eretz Yisrael, they saw it with their own eyes. They saw the strength. They even used the word Ra'inu a lot when they speak to the Yidin. 
And therefore they came back and they said, oh, we can't go into Eretz Yisrael. Now, if they hadn't seen Miriam's story, they had just heard about it, then they would have said, Eretz Yisrael, we see the problem. The lesson we only got through hearing. So it's not strong enough. But Rashi says, They saw the lesson. They saw what happened with Miriam. That should have been strong enough to override what they had seen in Eretz Yisrael. And this is why uh, their punishment was so great, their, their sin was so great, and the punishment was so great. This brings us to one more point in Rashi. And we have a question at the end of the day, how do we still, how do we still explain juxtaposing the parashiyas if it puts Miriam in a negative light? Even though it wants to tell us the greatness of their, the gravity of their sin, but how do we put Miriam in a negative light for that? So the Rebbe introduces something very beautiful. The Rebbe says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah piece by piece. So as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu sent the Meraglim, he wrote it into the Torah. Now, between Miriam leaving her quarantine and the story of the Meraglim, many events might, must have happened. There were 600,000 men, women, children, uh, elderly. M- many things were going on, including a travel. They dismantled the Mishkan. They, they, put, they, they, they re-erected the Mishkan. So many things were going on. Yet, when Moshe Rabbeinu writes the next parasha, he doesn't write about the other things. He writes specifically about this, putting it right next to the story of Miriam. Because Moshe wanted to teach the, the Miraglim a lesson. They should see the juxtaposition. They should see that Moshe put this next to Miriam and not anything else so that they should learn the lesson and they still didn't learn the lesson. And that's the, the answer to the question, the part one of this answer, that even though we were putting Miriam in a negative light, but Moshe Rabbeinu risked Miriam's honor to be able to save the Miraglim. That's the question, however. We know there's a rule that you can't tell one person to do a sin in order to save the other person from doing a graver sin. So the question then is, how could you hurt Miriam in order to save the Miraglim from doing a sin? So the Rebbe introduces something very interesting and, and uh, it actually has a halachic relevance. And that is that there's two types of scenarios. Scenario number one is when a person uh, did a sin, and we want, and, but if someone else would do another sin, then that would save the first person from his, his sin becoming worse and getting a bigger punishment. And in that case, we say, since you already did the sin, you started the sin, we're not going to make someone else do also a sin in order to save you from a, from a punishment. But if person, the person didn't do anything yet, and by another person doing a small sin, he could save the first person from a much graver sin, then we would say to the person, do a little sin in order to save the other person from a grave sin. And in our case of the Meraglim, since the Meraglim had not yet sinned, Moshe Rinus says it's better to minimize the, the, the honor of Miriam to save the Meraglim from sinning. And he uses the word Musr because the idea of Musr, of a lesson, is to, with, is, to, is to withhold you from sinning in the first place. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu was hoping to accomplish, although unfortunately it did not work.